You're listening to Sarah Hagen backstage with interviews and insights from years inside the music industry. Join Sarah as she talks with masters of their crafts, finding out what makes them tick both inside and outside of the music business. Welcome to Sarah Hagen backstage. My guest today, Larnell Lewis, is the drummer in the band Snarky Puppy, as well as a professor of music at Humber College and a drumio coach. I'm going to talk to Larnell today about all of these things, the new music that he has out, his apparel line, and his viral drumio video. So come along with me as I catch up with Larnell Lewis. Larnell Lewis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for being here. And how are you? How have you been? Tell us um, what this past year and a half has, has been like for you. The last year and a half. Oh, my gosh. Um, up and down. You know, it's been full. I feel like I haven't stopped. Um, I feel like I've just been going steady. Um, but there have been so many beautiful moments, you know. And so mm-hmm. I would say... I'm thankful to be where I am because there's right now it's just enough of a, a pace for me to do things like actually pay attention to my line. Like I'm really (laughs) happy that I can get into that stuff and, and, you know, get a chance to even repair things. And I'm, I'm good. I'm good. It's like I said, it's been crazy full of, of, of lots of events, online stuff, tons of course. Mm -hmm. Um, very little in person, did some recently, but uh, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm happy to be here. Good. I'm so glad to hear that. And I think that's been, that's something I'm hearing a lot when I ask that question is, um, you know, musicians are are by trade, always going, always moving, always on to the next thing. A lot of travel, a lot of time away from the house. And it's been really interesting to hear all the different things that have been happening in the lives of musicians now that you know you all have been home a little bit like repairing things or um when i was talking to ronnie venucci he was saying he noticed flowers in his yard that he had never seen before because he was never home at that time of year yes right or cooking or discovering new talents for things so it's a it's been a good good way for people to spend a little bit more time i think I think at home doing something different, but, but it does seem like, you know, the, the live shows have been coming back and I've seen some of the things that, that you've been doing and it's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So exciting. And I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I, I can, I mean, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel might, might be a little soon to say with the way things feel, but I know here out in, uh, in Canada and Toronto, um, people are making plans and we're just kind of, crossing our fingers and just hoping that we can reconnect for a moment, even if it means that we'll have to disconnect for a second after. Right. Right. I I feel like it's a, it's a good time of year with the weather being nice and getting outside and getting some time in with family and with friends. And even if things maybe get a little tighter again, at least we've had this time together. It's been, it's been a nice reprieve from the isolation, I think. Um, so yeah, but I'm but I'm glad it's been a good time for you. And I think the other thing I'm hearing a lot is is it's been a time of reflection and maybe um, thinking about the things that you do want to spend your time on in the future. And 
making some changes to time management. I know I've done a lot of that in my life over the past year and a half, and it, that seems to be a recurring theme. Absolutely. You know, um, I mean, for me, you know, having the opportunity to uh, stop and think about, you know, what I what I want to start, mm -hmm. what I want to stop, and what I'd like to continue is, is a theme for sure. Like, uh, more jam time with my kids more jam time with my kids would be something I, I would love to continue, you know? Um, yes. Especially now that they're able to to hold instruments, which is a lot of fun. Um, I know there was a video we were talking about a little bit earlier of my wife and my son singing, uh, If You're Happy and You Know It. Yes. And, uh, there, there's a quick story actually with that ukulele that my wife was playing. I believe it was a yellow one. Uh, shout outs to my D'Addario family. Um, they they hooked us up with some ukuleles, the plastic, I think, Bear Creek ukulele, ukuleles. And the first time I saw my son smile, it was May 2018. And, you know, he had a long journey. At that time, he was about six months of his eight-month stay in hospital. Mm -hmm. And um, I had taken that ukulele and I put it on him and I strummed it a few times. I have a video of it, strummed it. And that's when he started to smile. Oh my goodness. And so I actually have been using that ukulele. Um, at the time I was using it to measure him, to measure him as well, just to see, you know, how big he was getting. You know, I yes. wasn't using, like, you know, measuring tape or anything. I was like, okay, he's almost the size of a ukulele. I think <laughs> I think we're good to go. And now he's playing it, he's holding it, he's sitting oh. there, you know, and and just you know, things of talking about continuing, you know, it's it's along with jamming is just understanding the example that I am for my kids just being at home. And so, you know, I, I, I he's three and a half, he'll be four in December mm -hmm. and, you know, he has a condition called down syndrome, but I've never given him formal lessons on how to hold and play. I just play around him and mm -hmm. he is picking it up and absorbing it, you know? And so just understanding that just to, to keep that in mind, it's like, right. I'm going to continue to to be in that frame of mind. But yeah, it's such that's a so thing. fantastic. I love that story. And I love the jam videos. If anyone has not seen them, um, your Instagram, you feature some videos sometimes. And they're just so incredibly sweet. And it showcases your talent and your wife's talent, but also this beautiful like family atmosphere with the kids. It's just so, so incredibly sweet. Thank you. Love it. I absolutely love it. Um, and speaking of online, I just have to tell you the funniest thing. Usually when I kind of get ready for these podcasts, I will Google your name just to see what comes up. And if anything that, you know, I haven't been paying attention to or haven't been up to date on, um, no matter how well we know each other, I always just Google. So I Googled your name and what popped up was the funniest thing. It said, how good is Larnell Lewis? That's what pops up when you Google your name. And I was just like, it's so great. Like, and the answer, you know, how sometimes it has a question and then it has an answer. So it said, how good is Larnell Lewis? And the answer was, Larnell Lewis is an incredible and versatile drummer. He is also mind-bogglingly comfortable combining traditional and modern techniques to create new sounds and concepts. Wow. So there you go. You have this fantastic tagline when someone Googles your name. So oh my gosh. okay, I like it. I'm happy about that. <laughs> there you go. I didn't know if you knew that, that that was the, the question that pops up. 
but I can answer that question too. Lauren L. Lewis is incredibly great. So <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. And we met so far back. I, I feel like it was um maybe we met at the Montreal Drum Festival. And and then I think maybe the next time I saw you, you were actually playing the Montreal Drum Festival. So maybe you were there attending and then and then maybe you were like playing i think maybe like the very next year or something like that yeah i mean that festival i had i've met so many people there and it, it's always a great experience i feel like i've seen something of them connecting with drumeo trying to get something happening in 2022 oh but, that would be so good yeah but yeah yeah i think it may have been like it was definitely before i got married it was maybe like 2008 or something like that yeah, definitely quite a while ago. And I just, I remember being so excited that, you know, we just met as like attendees and, and I was there supporting some of the artists that were there and um, it was great to get to know you and, and, and meet you. And then to come back the next year and you were like playing and just blowing everyone away, which was amazing. It was, it was so great to see. And then like really Quickly after that, it was, you know, you were in Snarky Puppy and you were doing all this stuff. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, seeing seeing how your um, career developed was so fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, it, it, it kind of snowballed at, at a certain point, which was a lot of fun to see things opening up. As you mentioned, you know, Snarky Puppy hit. Um, Drumeo, you know, connecting with Drumeo was was awesome. And I, th I think I just started to find this. I mean, I I, I like to consider myself an introvert, mm -hmm. you know, um, even though I have a certain personality on the drums. And one thing that was was really big about the change in my career was being comfortable with my voice, being comfortable with speaking, mm. being comfortable with uh, just discussing things that, you know, were on my mind. And I'm more of an observer, generally speaking, but, I feel like as soon as I, I gave more power to that um, to that side of me, you know, opportunities started to show up. And mm -hmm. um, there was a lot more performing opportunities, teaching opportunities. Um, yeah, and just connecting. And, and people seemed like they really wanted to hear what I had to say, not only from behind the kit, but also in front of the kit and behind a microphone. And so, yeah, like remembering that time, you know, still working a bunch of stuff out and and uh, the confidence was growing, but opportunities were showing up and it was it was beautiful for me. I love that. And, and sometimes it is, like you said, you're more of an observer, but I think sometimes the people who are those observers have so much inside from spending a lot of time listening, you know, with your ears open and, and then when you get the chance to comment or, on something or to, um, speak about something you have so much built up um education on the topic and observances and um so i'm happy that you're using your voice too but i know it's not it's not an easy thing i think especially for drummers because you're used to being in the back right and with this large instrument in front of you so it's not um maybe as comfortable oh yeah i mean i often I make the joke. I, I'm a um, I am a professor at Hummer College, and uh, when I I've been teaching there since 2009, but the last couple of years I've been there full time. And so, 
I always made the joke about, you know, when I had to do a seminar or teach a particular class, I was like, you know what? And it didn't involve drum kit. Like, let's say I was a guest speaker or partially teaching the marketing class, for example, mm -hmm. or music business. And I, uh, I was like, well, when I first taught, I was like, okay, I think I'm just going to have a snare drum sitting right beside me. Just so there's some level of comfort to me, something familiar. But yes. Working my way towards like the TED Talk vibe and yes. see where that goes. But, yeah. That's amazing. Um, and, and how is teaching been through this? Have you been remote teaching? Yeah, remote teaching. Um, so going backwards, this past semester um, was all virtual for me specifically. Mm -hmm. um, the semester before that was one class was in person, which is called Creative Development. And we work on um, building a show, capstone mm -hmm. project in that particular course is to be able to do a 50 minute performance um, with originals and arrangements and learning how to run rehearsals and, you know, work on your tech sheets and all that other, you know, stuff very important in getting a show together from start to finish. And, uh, and also confidence, right? Performing, getting out there, you know, being someone, like I said, it's an introvert and, mm -hmm. and understanding that perspective and sharing the, the lessons I've learned to help me get there. And uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, we had, a week off to, just, to a week off to figure out all of our tech, and then just run right into it to end the the semester, and that was all virtual. So yeah, wow. one class in person, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that it does sound challenging, but I'm glad that um you know you're able to keep 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 going like that, and the technology that we have nowadays lets us do that, which is so fantastic. Yeah. Um, and are yeah. you going back in person or will it be virtual again in the fall? It'll be a mix. Um, okay. The reality is like with everything changing, you know, we're, mm -hmm. we're ready to go virtual. Um, this is my space where I do my virtual teaching. But, um, you know, I also at my office, I have like, you know, electronic drum set up and whatever I need to do, ready to go. But yeah, the, the idea is that we will do some in person and some virtual and we kind of have to wait to see what it looks like for us here in Ontario. But absolutely, that's understandable. Um, and I have to ask you, you just you just mentioned Drumeo. And so you are a Drumeo coach, right? Which is this really great program that they have. And it's um, do you do weekly lessons with them? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, weekly sessions on Tuesdays at mm -hmm. 3 30 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, yesterday's topic, it's, uh, every Tuesday and it was the, uh, it was just a Q and A and I'll do things like, um, how to learn a song or learning a song with Larnell or active listening, or, you know, we'll do some drills and fills where, you know, I will go through a couple of drum fills or patterns and I'll just repeat them over again. So you can practice along with me and we'll talk about foot technique every other month. And I go through the, as many questions as I can in the session and also after the fact and just answer them with as much information, which is, it's great. You know, Drumeo has been an awesome family to be connected to for the last nine years for me. Wow, my yeah. goodness. I, I remember I remember you were there early on. You were connected with them early on, which I, I always thought was great. And um, it's, so, it's so cool to see how far everything has come. And I have to mention the Drumeo looping video that you did not too long ago, but it's so incredible. If anyone hasn't seen that, you have to check out, and I'll put a link in the description, but this really great looping video that you had 
um, which really shows you using technology and using your skill and putting it all together. It was just very cool. Thank you. That's something I've been wanting to do for so long. And some technology has caught up and made it easier to do. And I just look forward to doing more of that in the future. It's, it's something I'm trying to integrate into more of my performances for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other, the other Drumeo video that I cannot neglect to mention, because it's like literally one of my favorite things is, of course, the Metallica Ender Sandman video. We have to, we have to talk about this. So, so unbelievable and, and entertaining and the level of skill that you display in that video is just mind blowing to me. Um, so for anyone who hasn't seen that, it's a, it's a Drumeo video again, but, um, Larnell is listening to Metallica's Enter Sandman for the first time ever and then playing it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and playing it so great, like, <laughs> and enhancing, like it was just, it was just so good. You know, he, watching you listen to that song for the first time and your reactions to it and the comments that you're making was like. Just pure entertainment. Nice. <laughs> Absolutely. And then to hear to hear you like working it out, working out the parts, remembering everything, and then and then like going and playing it and just nailing it. It was it's incredible. Um and I love like your comments when it goes into halftime, the halftime feel, and you were like, wait a minute, I didn't expect that. And <laughs> oh man, I like it, it. There were a few things that just completely threw me because I'm not familiar with the writing style or, you know, the, you know, some bands, they have, they have things that are unique to them for their, for their, for the devices that they use to get through a song. Right. And so, yeah, that was one that completely caught me off guard. Absolutely. It's so good. Have since that video, have you um, explored any more Metallica at all? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I haven't explored too much. Um, some of my students at Humber, uh, their first question was like, "Okay." <laughs> I just hit that was perfect timing for the. That was so good. Um, hold on, let me. My, my everything is going bananas right now. I have a certain setup, and it's just like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go off on you now. Um, so, their first question is, how did you not know that song? And then the second one is just like, what do you think of Lars? Right? <laughs> and I'm like, man, he's like, he's going for, it. he's killing it. Like, I, I think to be a part of a band, number one, especially as a member of Snarky Puppy. Mm -hmm. it's a special special thing you have the trust of each other you have you know this road this journey you, this you're dedicating time and energy to this project right mm -hmm. it's a group project this ongoing group project and you got to believe in each other and you got to make these you know deadlines meet these deadlines and you got to come out with a product and so what i learned was that you know people that are fans are there for the journey there for the journey and they're seeing the arc, you know, of the band and, and doesn't matter what age you are. Like if you are a fan of Metallica, you know, there's some kind of a culture in there, which also allows you to get into really deep conversations about the members of the band or just like music in general. Mm -hmm. And you're there to compare contrast. And, you know, it's more, a lot more than just like water cooler talk. 
you know? Sure. And so yeah, it was it was really heavy to 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 experience the culture, you know, and and to to have people, you know, I mean, some people were coming at me, but also oh, no. some people were just <laughs> like, hey, you know, check this out and check that out. And and so I had listened through a couple of things with some students because they wanted me to hear you know, the difference between that album and this album and, you know, mm-hmm. everything else of this and check out their writing here. And I've received thousands of, you know, song requests. I bet <laughs> you did. Out. That oh, That yeah. is so, that's so cool. And the video is went viral. It has, I checked it yesterday just to see, and it was like 6.79 million views or something like that, that's which is great. just, it's amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that song in particular might have been like the most played Metallica song for a good chunk of the early 90s, maybe, um, along with, you know, a few others from that particular album. But it's interesting, though, that your students were like, check this, listen to this, because I think of Metallica as um, kind of a very like symphonic style of metal playing. Like there's always the movements in the song. And I just loved watching you hear it for the first time. And even though that song in particular is more of a mainstream song, some of their older music has, you know, even more kind of like symphonic movements. Um, but then you get to the guitar solo and you're like, okay, yep, that's that. <laughs> really great. Um, so that is, it was just really, really great to watch you listen to it. And then the way that you broke it down and then nailed it, you know, kudos to you. That was, that was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. The, the situation there, I was there doing a few videos. Usually when I'm at Drumeo HQ, they'll, they'll give me an opportunity to, you know, not only we'll work out what lessons I'm going to do, probably do one or two live lessons in real time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some general information or general, you know, short videos, longer videos, courses, methods, and then we'll just get into a few fun videos. And so I know at that time I had done a reaction to other drummers playing snarky puppy music, which was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had done some drum solo stuff. And so like I'm there for about four days, you know, four full days just doing videos nonstop, just going boom, boom, boom. And we'll stop and they're like, hey, so, uh, you know, we got one of those songs. Uh, you ever heard of Enter Sandman? I was like... No, like you want to try learning it? Like, like we could do it on the spot. I'm like, okay, like, okay, just do it. You've never heard of it. Listen to any Metallica. No, okay, do us a favor. What's that? Don't listen to it. Like, when you go back to the hotel room, don't listen, don't look for the song, nothing. I was like, okay, I will stay. Oh, I will avoid the internet. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll do my yes. best. You know, and we're we're literally like we go through the day and then they're like, okay, it's time for the song. So I'm already in a different headspace going through a ton of lessons and and now I'm absorbing this information. And one thing that I think doesn't get, I mean, I, I haven't mentioned much at all really, is when I'm listening to a piece of music and I'm trying to focus and understand, you know, the music, the music. And this is something I've been doing for a long time. Like I remember my first gig, I was seven years old. And uh, the drummer, I was subbing in, the drummer, my dad's band couldn't make it, but my dad used to bring us to rehearsals because my mom was in college. And so we're listening, you know, I'm I'm playing with my brother and then the songs are playing, whatever. Drummer can't make it. They're saying, who are we gonna call? 
my dad's like, yeah, we can get my son to play drums. And they're like, him, seven? <laughs> and so my dad's like, yeah, Larnell, do you know the songs? Do you want to play? And so I got on drums. It was a TV perform- uh, performance, actually, a gospel concert. Wow. And yeah, I, did, I remember the hall very clearly. It was at least like capacity about, now that I think about it arrangement-wise, mm-hmm. it was like maybe 250 or 300 people, you know? broadcast on tv and like I, I did the gig and it was all good and i've been subbing in in that format learning songs very quickly so mm-hmm. it's something i've done for a while but when i'm learning songs i'm not usually talking about what i'm hearing i'm usually mm-hmm. just hearing it and all my thoughts are happening and so to say an event that's happening in the music but then to still pay attention to what's also happening in real time is a challenge Yes. Oh my gosh. Now that you're saying that, it looked effortless for you. I have to tell you that. So you you really presented it as as being effortless, but thinking about it, I can't even imagine because you're trying to you know, internalize it. You're trying to remember and structure it in your head, but you're also having to speak to the camera and explain what you're hearing. So that had to be really tough. So yeah, you just added a whole element of of you know you 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 bumped it up a notch for me right there. <laughs> it was a good experience overall, and I'm glad I did it. It was a couple times that I had done it, and so um, yeah, it's something I'm I'm more comfortable with now for sure. That's fantastic. Um, and one thing that did come out of that too, I don't know if it was that video or another, was your your catchphrase. Um, the more volume, please. Oh, right. Yes. yes. I'll take more volume, please. I'll take more volume, please. <laughs> and I just have to mention that you have a line of uh, shirts and and baby onesies, which I you know think that's great because a lot of people just skip over the babies and the kids, and you have all shirts for all sizes. But mm-hmm. the design of that shirt is so fantastic, and I will link to that as well because it's just super cool. It it's. Yeah, it's great. And everyone will just have to check it out because um, it's the the phrase is great and it reminds me of the video and then the design of it is fantastic. Yeah, shout out to Jesse Ryan, Jesse Ryan of Fue Culture. Uh, He's the one that designed that. And uh, I added a couple of little things, but like he he came up with it like we were talking, I guess my wife and I and uh, her sister were talking about the video and how it was just getting all this action. And she was like, you should make shirts. I was like, I should make shirts. He's like, you should make shirts. I was like, Joy, we should make shirts. He's like, make shirts. I was like, let's make shirts. <laughs> and so we messaged him, you know, and just said, okay, hit us with a design. And within five hours, he just sent us something. And I was like, change this, change that. We're like, cool. We posted it. And orders came in from like halfway across the world and then it's just been bubbling ever since it's so good and i am really kind of like particular about what i wear and i'm mainly you know people can tell i'm mainly in you know black shirts black t-shirts that's like the 99 percent of what i wear but i saw that and i was like i have to i have to get one so i'll be on there ordering one for sure um, but I'll link it so that everyone else can check it out because the design oh, is just, good. it's perfect. So yeah. good. Um, and another thing too, and I know I've spent a lot of time on this video, but the the ending of it where you talk about 
kind of breaking down the stereotypes of genres and who can play what style of music. I love that message so much. And I'm wondering if you can kind of re reiterate that here, if we can talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. You know, um, being somebody who has, you know, living in Toronto, I, I have the, the honor and pleasure of being a part of a music scene that has so many cultures contributing to this thing called the Toronto music scene. And so when you are somebody who has the ability to not only read music, but you can learn music very quickly, you can play at a high level, you can play at a high level, then you know, you have the opportunities there for you to sub into these situations. And being able to sub in and play and, and have people accept me, you know, regardless of the culture that I'm coming from, you know, my background is uh, Kittitian, St. Kitts, my family's mm -hmm. from the Caribbean. And um, but being of Afro-Caribbean descent, you know, a lot of people are still accepting me in a lot of these situations. And the point of the message was just to remind everybody, first of all, respect the different cultures. You know, every culture has its way of expressing themselves through sound, which is what we call music, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, whether it's for celebrations and ceremonies of all kinds, you know, whatever it is, there's a song to to um, to be able to connect with. There's a song, traditionally speaking, or a sound or a set of rhythms that's, that's connected to whatever it is that they are doing that is a part of their culture. Mm -hmm. And so first and foremost, respecting that and understanding where that fits, right? We don't want to go in and just grab a rhythm and and use it somewhere else without understanding that there's a message behind it like you know these drum rhythms are used in war these drum rhythms are used in celebration these drum rhythms are used you know like for example second line music mm -hmm. right it has such so much joy to it and it brings such life to it. but when you understand within the culture of new orleans where that comes from and why it's there and what it represents which is the second line of people after the first line of people who have just um finished laying a family member to rest mm -hmm. you know that that feeling of that final cadence and celebration where the whole city rallies around you and they just leave their house and they just celebrate with you this person's life because they know that you need to be lifted, you need to be lifted up and so when you even hear that story and you get behind the music and you start playing that particular feel, you now start to connect with what that means to you. Mm. Celebration means to you. And now you are putting your spirit and your soul in line with that sound. And that to me activates what should be happening in music, which makes it so much more realistic. Um, but when it comes to playing the music, there's still, in my opinion, there's still room for people, as long as you understand and you're respecting the cultures, mm -hmm. um, there's still room to learn, to grow, to understand, you know, but don't be shallow about it. Be, you know, as deep as you can and, and, and know that there can be barriers, but the idea is that if you are there to respect the culture and you're there to respect the music and the people of the culture, right? Not wanting to separate the people. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that you just move in love and respect. That's kind of the gist of it. It's like you can learn. You don't have to be from, you know, Jamaica to learn about or to play reggae, right? You can. You don't have to be from Cuba 
to learn or play Afro-Cuban music. You can, you know, there will be those that are the, you know, those that came from the, the line of individuals, right? Mm -hmm. That created that music. But to my knowledge and, and what I've experienced, the people are open to sharing their culture. They're open to sharing it and making it available to you and teaching you about it. I believe there are some parts of some cultures where it is a closed door because um, either for religious reasons or, mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, you know, we've gotten to, we, we've got to a point now where so much music is available. So many people are online teaching the mm -hmm. music of their ancestors, you know, and you can, you can check it out. You can learn it. You can listen to it. I think the piece that I definitely want to add after experiencing a bit more life since that video, mm -hmm. is just to remember that at the end of the day to also not remove the voices of that genre or remove the voices of that culture from mm -hmm. the music. You know, I think so many times it can be easy to love a genre so much and then become the official voice, you know, for whatever reason or for whatever opportunities come your way. But again, attached to that music is a culture, is a group mm -hmm. of people. And to separate them is is doing a disservice to those that were stewards of that music and and to just continue to not only keep them in mind, but keep them in view so that everyone understands. So everyone understands where it came from, what meaning there is to these things and how it all came to be, so. Right, that that makes a lot of sense, absolutely. And I think, you know, another part of that message too is the, the connection that people feel through music and how music can um, be a bridge between cultures, you know, um, yeah. music being a main form of communication in so many aspects. And you can feel connected through a musical style or genre in maybe a way that you wouldn't otherwise. So I, I just think that's like the most, um, or one of, one of the most amazing properties of music is that the way to connect and you can be in an audience listening to music with people of all ages or you know um, ethnicities and you're connected you're you're together you are one group because of this music that's joining you together so i love that but yes i totally agree with you exploring the genres and respecting the history that goes along with those those particular styles of music and the culture it's so important um and, you know, just to kind of go back to something else that you said that struck me, I didn't know that you played your first gig when you were seven years old. That's, that's incredible. And I'm just wondering if that, um, you know, if your, uh, your culture kind of came into the style that you were playing back then, were you, were you playing mainly jazz music? Were you playing, um, tell me about what you were playing back then. Absolutely. So, um, here in Toronto, um, in the you know gospel community, there is a high percentage, a high percentage of um, like it's not exactly the same as the you know the African American like gospel community necessarily. We have a lot more uh, Caribbean people who are making music, and for me again, being of you know Kittitian descent, uh, mm -hmm. I think other people in the band may have been from Jamaica um possibly St. Vincent and um 
so we'll take you know hymns that you might hear a particular way and there might be like a you know a one drop on it or we might mm -hmm. play like some calypso behind that or mm -hmm. it might be ska and that's that was my church experience that's how i grew up you know it wasn't until it like the early 90s that i start getting into kirk franklin and um fred hammond you know um as as far as an approach to gospel music and really even before that um alongside my Caribbean, uh, Caribbean upbringing was also Andre Crouch. You know, that, that was a big, big thing. I think for me, it was Andre Crouch, Mighty Clouds of Joy. Um, a little bit later was Ron Canoli, Alvin Slaughter, um, you know, Shirley Caesar, of course, um, Yolanda Adams. Like, it's just it's a variety, but the music, how we expressed ourselves in gospel music mm -hmm. was through the rhythms of the Caribbean. That's amazing. So, yeah. So at the time, like, you know, they, my, my dad might just say, you know, James Brown funk. And I'm like, okay, I got to do this thing. <laughs> right. Or, you know, it's like, okay, reggae. Okay. Calypso. And so, you know, and, and he taught me how to take my cues from other instruments to be able to build my drum pattern. Right. So it's like, okay, mm -hmm. well, the bass is doing this. This is going to tell you this. And, you know, if I'm playing the keyboard like this, this was a big lesson because he was a musical director at my church when I was growing mm -hmm. up. So he said, when I'm playing the keyboard like this and you hear this, this is the drum pattern you're playing. So from an early age, he taught me pattern recognition. He taught me, you know, understanding a response to a certain role or a certain um, phrasing or a certain, you know, whatever it is happening on another instrument. And then mm -hmm. to know okay, this is what I'm going to do and this is why it makes sense and this is how I can alter it. That's incredible. I, I love that. I mean, I feel like he gave you a, a really great gift in that as a as a young player to understand that relationship between the musicians and what who is playing and why and, you know, what the response would be. That's fantastic. And probably set you up for for bands like Snarky Puppy, where you're playing with like the most incredible musicians on all instruments and, you know, kind of playing off of each other so often. Absolutely. Snarky is, you know, I'm looking at one of my old, I have like three tour badges here um, that are very special to me. I'll pull them in view. There was uh, Quincy Jones. Oh, nice. Tour badge that I have, mm -hmm. you know, Snarky Puppy 2017. This is a fun tour. This year, this particular tour was uh, the tour I was on when I found out that we were pregnant. Oh was, my goodness. So Good memories was, there. And this uh, you know, um Edmonton Jazz Fest was actually the Larnell Lewis band. And oh, so, exciting. Yeah. So these are my kind of inspiration things. And when I'm practicing and I look over, I can see that. But with Snarky Puppy, you know, um that band for me is like it's probably one of the greatest summer camps I've ever been a part of, like, <laughs> like music camps where I can show up and usually I bring a ton of work with me, like a ton of like ideas or, you know, things I got to get done because everyone is getting stuff done. Mm -hmm. And the background of all the musicians in that band, you know, at any point, if you have a question, it will be answered. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
just the experience of all the musicians playing in different situations or their upbringings and how they bring that into the band, um, the confidence that everyone has in each other, um, the the trust, the, you know, just, it's just, it's an amazing experience to be a part of a band, a collective where it doesn't matter who's on stage, you know, right. playing at a high level. But yeah, like the, the training I got definitely helped me to connect with the band in a special way. And, and again, everyone contributing to what we're doing, you know, especially we have a recording coming up um, that we're going to be doing in um, October. Which is oh, be great. great. Yeah. And so get to do this thing again, you know, which is going to be a lot of fun. That's so exciting. And, and speaking of recordings, and you just mentioned um, that pass from the Jazz Fest with Larnell Lewis Band. Let's talk about your music because you have some really great music out. Um, and one that you came you came out with an album recently at the end of 2020. Yes. Relive the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, for me, it was a chance to to visit some of those songs again from that first record and to put a new spin on it after I had been touring with my band um, to get new video footage, which was very important in this new virtual, you know, virtual. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just virtual world, you know, where yeah. we are online constantly, you know, so I wanted to have um something to contribute and something to showcase you know where i am mm -hmm. and uh yeah like it's it's writing, writing music is like i don't know how to explain it exactly but actually i do know i'll say this much in high school i went to an arts high school um for music and what i used to do is instead of writing a journal i would come home and i would write a song and I'd write a song about my day. And there was no lyrics, just instrumental. So if something happened, I'd write about it. Um, but what was cool about it was that the keyboard I had, which I think, I think was a Yamaha W5, the, I couldn't save any of the songs. So I can record all the tracks, do keyboard drums, keyboard bass, mm -hmm. put piano, all that stuff. But then I'd have to connect it to a tape recorder mm -hmm. and record that and then turn off the keyboard and that was it. So in one sitting, I'd have to compose a song, play all the parts, and then say bye-bye and only have this cassette tape of demos that I was adding to. And so that habit of recording songs and writing songs based on my day, based on moments, is where that actually started for me. And so this theme of being in the moment or for the second record, reliving the moment is just about looking at situations in life and attaching music to them that represents what it was to me because it was mm. a beautiful moment or it was an important moment or a you know, pivotal moment or just a fun moment. It's, it, you know, sometimes it doesn't have to be anything other than like, I like coconuts. So I'm right. Writer, right? <laughs> and so um, that's, that's what songwriting has been for me. And, and it's been a great tool to um, great device to center me. You know, like if, if everything is chaotic, like I can just turn the lights low, hop on a piano or whatever instrument it is and just play, you know, my feelings out. I mean, one thing I did with my brother, my brother's also an amazing drummer as well. I don't know if I mentioned that to you before, but mm -hmm. he's, he's actually the drummer for the weekend, which is yes. amazing. 
Yes. And so um, he plays a couple of the instruments as well. And so I remember very, very vividly that if we had challenges in our day, one of us, um, you know, we would just sit down on the edge of the bed and just like, I might play bass, he'll play guitar or I'll play keys and he'll bass, play bass or whatever. And we'll just play the energy of that day away. And, mm. you know, once we got it out of our system in, in support of the other one, then it's like, mm -hmm. okay, cool, let's, let's move on now. Cause we, we were able to release that. And that's the beauty of music, you know, especially as a performer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to handle your, you know, bad day or your good day through music and get your emotions out is incredible. And then the other thing that you mentioned that I find myself um, thinking about often is the connection of music to an event in life or a feeling in life. And then when you hear that song that comes right back to you, you know, and it's almost like, it's almost like the scent of crayons makes you think of being a kid in school, right? <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> and they, and it's the same thing with music. Like you hear a piece of music that was significant to you at one time and it brings you right back to that. And even the mundane moments, like I remember painting a room in my house a few months back and listening to music. And every time I go into that room, it's kind of the opposite effect where I think about the music when I'm in there and that's the particular color. Um, and I and I even think about like, oh, when I was painting that corner, I was listening to this part of that song. And it's just, I don't know, it kind of contributes to music kind of being that fa fabric of life from, you know, a young age, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I just, I don't know. We could talk all day about like the connections with music and the, and the emotional and, you know, the, the, the mental aspect of it. But that's fantastic though, that you and your brother were able to support each other in that way too. Yeah. I love that. And even as you mentioned, I think it might've even been on, on this uh, podcast, this show that uh, you were talking to Kaz about his connection with music and visuals and sounds and colors. And I think, you know, I believe the term is being a synesthete. Yeah. So he has synesthesia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't believe I have synesthesia, but I, I do, again, like you're mentioning, resonating with, you know, music attached to moments, moments attached to music and just the two just crossing and being something that you experience in life, you know, just adding so much color, I guess you could say. Absolutely. Yes. And in researching synesthesia, I found out there are, are different kinds of synesthesia so that you can have that aspect of you. So what Kaz has is uh, he hears sound and it and it visually shows him a color. And there are people who visualize in different ways, different things that are like cross the senses, you know, um, and I think that's really incredible. And like you mentioned, there are different uh, kind of levels of that where I just mentioned, you know, smelling crayons and thinking of school, but it is that connection. There is scent synesthesia. Um, but I think we all have a little bit of that, that in us uh, that kind of like con connects those senses together. That's not, um, you know, that it doesn't just, uh, have one of the senses by itself, but it makes you, it makes your brain think of something when you're experiencing something else, which is, uh, is a gift. I think it's, it's 
pretty amazing. Um, but so you have this music coming out. What else is on the horizon for you? You have a recording in October, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, what what else is happening with you? Wow. Um, what else is happening with me? So um, I got great news that I'll be getting some more support from the Canadian government, which is amazing. We have a lot of granting programs here. Great. In this morning. So it is hot off the presses. Yay. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so to, to be able to pitch ideas to these granting agencies at the different level, you know, whether it's city, provincial, federal, um, and then to be able to get financial support for it is what, for what you would like to do. Absolutely amazing. And so, um, you know, I have dreams of doing solo performances um partially like i mentioned before like that whole like looping and electronic stuff mm -hmm. it's be fun um i head back into school again uh starting the school year this september and so getting connected with all the students again and faculty it's gonna be a beautiful thing but the main thing right now i think is just finding ways to be creative and so right like more songwriting is where it's at and pushing towards a new album is is where i'm going so yeah, I so love that. Fun. And congratulations on the grant. That's just fantastic. Thank you. And I know you have, you know, there, there's so much good that you're doing um, with with what is coming to you. And I, it's just, it's so great. And I'm excited for more songwriting. Cause that's, that's so great. And I feel like you have a lot of um, things happening in your life that will provide inspiration for new songs. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh Drumeo coaches, right? So yes. um people people should check out Drumeo for that. And um do you have any plans to do some more uh first listen songs like you've done with them? Yeah, I mean, you know, people keep sending the requests. You know, I, I feel like I've heard from a ton of different groups. Uh saying check out my songs you know learn my <laughs> songs <laughs> but um yeah i'm, I'm down you know like it, it's uh, i think the fun thing about that is is pushing the limits and seeing you know like how like where will it stop like i i don't know i don't know like you know somebody mentioned like you know you need to do a song from tool you need to check out danny carey you yes, this, you know, you got to do that. And so it's like, you know what? Let me get my double kick chops up. Yeah. <laughs> and and then uh, and then we'll talk about a bunch of songs. But it's fun. It's fun. And I love, again, heading down to Dromeo headquarters and doing that kind of material. And they're great with production and and um, inspiring. That space is so inspiring. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I think not enough. Um, what's the word? I think just not enough um, appreciation is shown for the effort they put into their space mm -hmm. and the kind of time that they take with all the artists that are there. And, you know, they, they have a system that works. They got people who are inspiring, you know, and they also know how to pull the most and pull the best out of you. And so uh, I love being there as if I could be there more often be amazing. Thankfully <laughs> for me, they are on the West coast of Canada, on the West coast of Canada. So, um, 
you know, it isn't isn't a a major thing for me to get over there. It's like five and a half hour flight or something like that. But that's great. Yeah, I would love to do more. I'll do more. Yeah, and I I'll put my vote in for Tool as well. I think that would be amazing, and yeah. you could totally pull it off. And it would be a really cool take on Danny's uh, style of playing. I think I'll send yeah. I'll send you my song suggestions too. Like you Please. need more. <laughs> but, Please do, and I'll, I'll, I'll look at it, and I won't listen to it right away. I'll just kind of say, okay, Sarah's top. top yes, <laughs> yes. I'll send you some good ones. I'm a big Tool fan, so. Um, drumming wise, I'll send you my favorite ones that feature. I mean, they all feature Danny, but some are, some are my favorites. So mm -hmm. that would be so great. And I will see you in November this year, which I am so excited about. I don't, can we talk about this? I don't know. Yes, let's do it. Okay. So you will be at PASIC this year in Indianapolis. So exciting. I can't wait to see. I actually don't know what you are planning for PASIC. So it'll yeah. be, so, I know it'll be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be amazing. Did you want me to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, if you, if yeah. you want to, I think, I think, well, we're a few months out. So people can still register if they can get to Indianapolis. And also, I think there will be a virtual um, aspect to it too. So if you're uh -huh. somewhere in the world and you can't get to Indianapolis in November, um, I know that last year, the virtual PASIC reached 32 different countries. So it was, it was great, but, um, but this year we'll be in person. So yeah, as much as you want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, from, uh, a lot of the, you know, master classes and clinics, and as I like to call them hangs mm -hmm. uh, that I've done over the years, the, the main thing for me was taking the information that. I was hearing as far as questions and realizing, man, I think the root to a lot of the challenges that people are having so far is getting organized behind the drums. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they're not sure how, like how to, like, where to start with practicing, where to start with setting up your drums, where to start with um, learning a song, where to start, you know, with even just, soloing and I really believe that to build that confidence in any of those areas it starts mm -hmm. with organizing yourself it starts with knowing what you have all the components that you have available to you all the resources you have available to you and just step by step deciding that okay I'm going to do this 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 and this and it may not work out that way but at least you know you have a plan and you can get mm -hmm. started and so I'm going to be talking about the way that I organize my thoughts when it comes to soloing, the way I organize my thoughts when it comes to sounds, um, when it, organizing myself in terms of how I categorize parts of songs, and then just encouraging everyone basically just to look at their lives and figure out how they can organize themselves, not only behind their kit, but also away from their kit to reduce the stress, to bring more comfort to who they are and to just push them forward into confidence. That is such an important message. I cannot wait for that clinic. That's that's so great. And I I think I agree with you 100% that organization is the key to a lot of things. <laughs> I think, you know, when I when when things are organized for me, whether it's home-wise or work-wise or anything, I just there's peace to that. 
And it, I think it like allows you to be more creative even because if you have that, you know, baseline together, then you can be a little bit more relaxed about things and let your creativity take over. So yeah. I can't wait for that. That sounds really interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be my first in-person clinic. Yay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> since I cannot even remember. Oh my gosh. It's been so long. So it's going to be good. It'll be good to have in-person conversations in real time, just about drums, music, and life. Absolutely. And, and that's a really great thing about PASIC too, because there's a lot of opportunity to um, spend time and meet people and chat with people. And, you know, there's a lot of drum companies and cymbals and accessory companies that have booths there that you can check out their product. Um, make, you know, a lot of companies have deals where you can find great products. Um, but I'll, I'll put a link in the description too, to, um, to register for PASIC in case anyone wants, anyone wants to see your clinic in person and can make it to Indianapolis yeah. in November. It's going to be I'll great. Say, it, it, I, I have to say, like, I've only been to PASIC once, but if you've never been before, it is the most amazing experience to be in a space with other people who are into what you're into. And it's not, yes. just, it's not just like, oh, you know, we all want to shop at this store so we're in the store no mm -hmm. like we're talking about expressing you know high level thought we're talking about seeing shows we're talking about just like a just a flamethrower of inspiration just like yeah. hitting you just from the second you step on site to the moment you leave and it's amazing because the conversations you get to geek out geek out on the, all this stuff that you you know you've been checking out online and talk to other people and hear what they're into and oh man i met so many people and all the names are kind of coming back to me now and even being able to sit with you know amazing artists like um you know indugu and uh you know uh rest in peace of course indugu and also mm -hmm. um here jimbo uh, yes. daru jones like you know oh just yeah it's an amazing amazing time it is it's such an immersive experience i think for anyone who's into drums and percussion, you know, whether it's drum set, percussion, marching, it's like, you know, just um, a three day experience, well, four days, actually, with with the Wednesday being a um, performance day, but it's such an experience to spend days in a convention center, um, being immersed in the product and the talent and the education. Um, and I, I love it too. And it's, you know, for, for me, it's, I always say it's like a big family reunion because it's all these companies, all these people, all the drummers, the performers, and everyone's just there together literally to push the forward, the industry, the drum industry, just to, just to, you know, do the best thing for the industry and to grow it and to, um, you know, have more kids. There's tons of kids who come from schools all around. And yeah. so it's, it's one of my favorite things. Um, and I, last year was just so sad that we were, we weren't in person, but, um, really excited that we're going to be back this year. Yeah. So I will see you there in just a few months. I know. It'll be great. <laughs> yes. 
But thank you, Larnell, so much. I'm going to put links to your music and the apparel, that wonderful t-shirt, and um, all the other things we talked about in the description. So if anyone wants to check them out, please do. And I really thank you so much for coming on today and cannot wait to see you in person. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And the episodes have been amazing to see all these amazing drummers and the conversations, you know, and the way that you are able to dig into the minds of all the artists and and just how allow them to to feel comfortable enough to just share stories that you wouldn't normally hear is awesome. So thank you for having me on the program. I, I made absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for those kind words. I so appreciate it. This has been so much fun for me. And I just love being able to share you all with everyone else. So thank you, Larnell, for being so open and for the time. And I will see you soon. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Bye. Take care. Thank you for tuning in today. Join us each Tuesday for new episodes of Sarah Hagen Backstage.